Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Four Feathers Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Nani, joined today by Tony Marchese. It's time to crack them and get caught up on the Hawks. Back tone. Uh, good to be on the mic. A little uh, Sunday fun day action. Just did a Socks on Tap episode. Uh, and now we're transitioning over into the Hawks. How are you tonight, man? Man, I'm doing good, Johnny. Um, it's been a good weekend so far. Um, we got a Hawks winner to talk about. We got to talk some uh, winning White Sox spring training baseball. Um, you had a good night yourself uh, last night. Uh, got to do some uh, some crack them action with uh, some Blackhawks players. I'm sure you're going to talk a lot about that, but uh, it's it's a good it's a good weekend so far. How about you, man? How are you doing? Yeah, no, I'm doing well. Uh, like you said, I had a great time last night uh, at the event that I attended, and I'll get into that in a short little bit here. But um, yeah, and Hawks winner, man. Uh, can't complain about that. The spring training's rolling for, on the baseball front there, so when I'm not watching hockey, I'm watching some White Sox spring training action. Can't complain at all. So um, just for, for our listeners, uh, by the way, uh, the Four Feathers podcast, obviously, that's us, the crew, the OG crew that we've uh, been together with. Um, uh, all of these episodes that you're seeing here, you might it might not be an extended one, or you might see that's called Blackhawks on Tap. Uh, that was because when we joined the On Tap Sportsnet team uh, as the official Blackhawks coverage unit for that, uh, we like to brand our post game shows as you know that team on tap. So any post game show is a Blackhawks on Tap show, and then we save the uh, you know Four Feathers tag for longer ones or guests or just you know random topics uh kind of like not random but it is blackhawks related but uh you know i'm going to talk extensively about uh calvin dehan's new beer release that i was at last night so um this is kind of gonna be a hybrid first we're gonna touch on the game uh winner over florida in the shootout uh last night um down at florida um and then we will get into the uh event that i was at tony uh that event was calvin dehan's uh, Loud Barn Lager, because Calvin DeHaan, if you didn't know, owns a brewery up in Canada called Ridge Rock Brewing Company, and uh, they teamed up with Goose Island uh, and made this uh, special beer that's going to be on tap throughout March at the Goose Island Tap Room. Uh, that's where the event was held, and um, a lot of cool guests were in there uh, in addition to Calvin DeHaan. But, uh, Tony, I-, I will save that because we'll t- we- I watched the game up there, too, um, and we got a Blackhawks winner uh, in the shootout. So uh, let's dive right into that, man. Um Final score of that one was uh, three to two last night uh, down in Florida. Uh, just some vintage Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves in the shootout to eventually win this thing. Um, but you know, it, it looked like it could have been a struggle uh, at various points throughout this game. Tony, um, initial thoughts. Uh, initial thoughts. Uh, if we want to take this game overall, is that uh, Hawks ended up getting it done. Uh, I know on the um, last episode that you, you and I recorded, uh, we talked about the Hawks going out and starting another win streak and here we are two of them are done so far um man i knew this team wasn't dead i knew they were gonna do one more thing to uh to get us up before they let us down and we are right one last roller coaster ride one last roller coaster ride we are right in the thick of it yeah, absolutely. Uh, you said it best on our last uh, Blackhawks on tap post game show that we uh, had recorded before this. Um, and, you know, it was after the Tampa win again that we all you and me both expected that they were going to get uh, absolutely shellacked in. Uh, that wasn't the case. Uh, they did the shellacking in the third period of that game. And then uh, it was nice to see, though, Tony, uh, just looking at the early parts of this game against Florida that carried over early because the uh, Blackhawks dominated possession uh, in the early parts of this game. You're talking uh, 18 
to six in Corsi events, uh, five to two in scoring chances in the first period um, and three to one in high danger chances in that first period. So uh, even though Florida scored early, uh, it was good to at least see that energy because uh, sometimes, especially down in Florida, they're out on the beach. I saw Alex Nylander, Kirby Doc, you know, the young crew, Adam Boquist, all enjoying themselves. Uh, Sure, they didn't have it in the Instagram story, but I'm sure they had a few libations as well. Uh, You can come out hanging a little bit. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting to see them go back to Corey Crawford. I know some people were uh, gonna uh, say that this would have been Malcolm Subban's first game. Glad went to to Crawford here, obviously. Um, but uh, the Panthers, man, I, I want to just take a second and talk about how I thought that this Panthers team would be a lot better than they have been this year. I know they're sitting at thirty three twenty five and seven after this one, uh, but I expected them to be just worlds better on under Joe mm-hmm. Glenville this year. And uh, yeah, I know you and I got to take in the game at the UC against Florida. Um, and that one was, that one was kind of close uh, at, at, for most of the game. Um, but I just expected them to be a, a higher level opponent. I don't know about you just out yeah. there in the East. Yeah. And you look at some of the names that are on that roster too. Um, in the Mike Hoffman's and the Huberdo's uh, Barkov's of the world. Um I'm totally with you. Uh, I expected it, and I think they're all disappointed there, too. Um, and there's a fan uh, that we follow from the Four Feathers account. I forget the handle on it. Um, but on Twitter, you know, he's also a Panthers fan as well. Some guys have you know some split loyalties. He's a Blackhawks and a Panthers fan. And he's got... Uh, fire Talon uh, in his bio. Like, a lot of people have fire Bowman uh, in theirs on the Hawks side of things here. So, yeah, definitely surprising. It is surprising. I mean, that's, that's basically the Chicago group that... Uh, a lot of I don't I don't want to say us, but uh, uh, a lot of Chicago people who are Blackhawks fans wished that we were still under Talon in Quenville. Uh, I definitely would put Quenville underneath there um, uh, for, for me personally. But uh, it's just interesting to see that, and I, I, I like that you bring that up. It, it's just in sports, isn't it really easy to just go after your front office? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Town year. And like, this is the like, oh, yeah. first year yeah. under Joel Quinville. And, and yeah. we've already got people who are mad down there. Um, but I mean, I think it's just important that the Hawks came out on top in this game. Like, we want to circle back here, uh, regardless of it being in the shootout. It was a it was a valiant effort from this Blackhawks group um, who are completely banged up at this point in time, um, sold at the deadline and then go win two games in a row. So, yeah. um, you know, that, that, that that's hockey for you. Yeah, and I guess, you know, it's interesting that you'd say about Florida, too, because they sold off uh, Vincent Trocek um, forward for them. Uh, they sold him to the Carolina Panthers, so um, I thought that was interesting there. A little bit of selling, uh, not as I don't think they moved uh, too many other pieces uh, at the deadline, but that was one of them for sure uh, that kind of was a little bit of a surprise, uh, and especially you'd think that uh, Florida should have been at least further up uh, in this wild card picture out east. But, um, you know, uh, every team has their struggles. Uh, the Panthers seem to score a lot, but uh, they, even under Q, uh, someone who likes his defensive structure uh, hasn't been great overall, at least not to the level that they'd want it to be. Um, so they just find that interesting as well. Uh, in this game, Blackhawks outshot uh, 40 to 29. A, a huge, huge reason for that, Tony, was the third period. I was getting scared. Um, Calvin DeHaan was getting scared. Brent Seabrook was getting scared uh, as we're sitting there watching the game together up at the uh, tap room. They let up a bunch of shots. Uh, they were outshot 17 to 2 in the third period, Tone. 
Yeah, that's not great, Bob. Um, but we talk about this all the time, and I, I almost want to put a T-shirt together for this one. Weather the storm. Yeah. Weather the storm. And that's what the Hawks did. They weathered the storm, um, and uh, they they end up only giving up one in, in the third there, and that was to uh, Mike Matheson um, at the uh, 1832 mark in the third. Um, yeah, that, that, oh, that forces. Was, that was, just, we hate to butt in, but that was right after Drake Kajula hit a post, and it looked like he could have made that thing a 3-1 game at that point. Yeah, yeah, it was. And uh, uh, that would have been Kajula's second on the night. I know we skipped through a little bit here. Kajula yeah, um, ended up getting credit on the goal in the second period that looked like it was – it would have been uh, Dominic Kubelik, uh, but it ends up getting credited to Drake Kajula. Um, I think that was actually like they didn't even credit that to, to Kajula until like midway through the third period. Because initially, uh, yeah, like you're right, the ruling was, and then they confirmed it, and then later went back and amended it. But you'll see that even come a day after a game sometimes. So just yeah, in that nature of the NHL. Um, I just feel bad for anybody that bet on games uh, that there that bet that Drake Kajula was going to score in the game. Um, <laughs> that's just the only, only little, uh, hiccup there. Uh, it did end up Kajula's goal. Um, you're right. Kajula does hit a post. It would have been three, one. Uh, but then, uh, uh, Matheson, uh, ends up, uh, putting one in the net, forcing the overtime, but they weathered the storm quite well because there were plenty of scoring chances for the Panthers in the third period. Um, you thought that they were going to break through and kind of just open this one up a little bit. And, you know, at, at that point in time, Johnny, the Hawks are up 2-1, yeah. and you expect a team to come back and just fire on all cylinders to go get themselves back in the game. That's what Florida did. Yep. The Hawks only end up giving up one, and, yeah, man, I, I I feel like they could have scored five goals that period. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're right. Uh, they had eight high dan- danger chances in that third period to the Blackhawks three. So uh, that just tells you you'd so they had a bunch of them. Uh, that was just in high danger. And then they also had 10 um, uh, other scoring chances as well. So um, uh, obviously a little bit scary. But like you said, weathered the storm. Uh, good to see. Uh, I know we kind of skipped over some of the early goals, but who did I say to look out for uh, and who to cover? And um, when we did the preview for this one, Mike Kaufman. Guess who scores the first goal in this game? Mike Hoffman. I know it was a little bit of a breakdown and kind of a, um, yeah, more of a, it wasn't like the power play, like I said, or watching out for a shot from the wing. Uh, it was a rush play, and he got in uh, alone after, uh, I forget exactly if it was a turnover or whatever, but um, either way, he found space and went in on Corey Crawford alone and beat him. Um, just blew by. But uh, I I told you, uh, I'd say I told you so, but I told you so. Mike Hoffman, man. I got to watch out for him. Guy knows how to find the back of the net. But then um, it was a nice response, especially for the guys that did it. Um, Adam Boquist with a great seeing eye kind of shot pass from the point uh, that Jonathan Tate is in perfect position for just off to the side of the goaltender. Uh, And I still consider that a redirect because you if you go and try and do that on your own. Sure, it's different than picking it clean out of the air when it's already on the ice. But, man, it's still tough. So the, the credit to Taser there for uh, getting that one uh, to tie this thing up. A good thing happens when you go to the net, man. Yeah. It's, yeah. We, we've talked about this for a long time, too. Get 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 yourself in the slack. Get yourself in front of the net. Um, there it is right there. Uh, Johnny Taves. Uh, I, I don't like seeing him, Johnny, in, in that position all the time. I just I, I don't know what it is. I don't, don't want him to take a beating, but uh, – he seems to be the kind of guy that uh, is willing to do so, and yeah. he, he it, will it, he will get himself in good position. Yeah, um, that, just the hockey IQ there. 
I, I was going to say um, with that one, I, I'm with you about, you know, the kind of beating that he could possibly take down there. But um, I, I like it. You know, was, obviously he's got a high hockey IQ and he was able to find the seam. So he wasn't even getting pushed or, you know, usually some some of those guys like how like Drake Kajula out in front will get absolutely murdered, but still find a way to get it done. Um, Johnny Taves found a little soft spot uh, where no one was covering uh, and he was able to do that. So uh, if he can do that and pick and choose his spots, I'm totally fine with it. Um as you had mentioned, Drake Kajula scoring the only goal of the second period um, on a redirect. I know they initially gave it to Kubalik, and you know, there's as we're looking at, you know, Kubalik for Calder uh, and that kind of chase. There would have been cool to see him uh, get that uh, and get up into. I believe that would have put him at thirty for that the year. Put him at 30, yeah. Yep. So, um, uh, but you know what? Hey, I'm glad. I love the way Drake Kajula plays, so I was glad to see him get rewarded as well. Um, and shit, I was just glad two guys were out in front of the net, uh, taking away eyes from the goaltender. Tone. I don't know about you. Hey, uh, t- just preaching this a few seconds ago, um, it- it's amazing. You start putting people in front of the net and you start scoring goals. Like, I don't know why this hasn't been a staple of the Blackhawks offense all year. Um, it's, it's, I guess, easier said than done. We just talked about how um, you can take a beating down there. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a proven way in the NHL to score goals, Johnny. Uh, yep. And Drake Kajula is no no slouch when it comes to uh, taking a beating. I mean, you just look at this guy. He's got hockey player dripping all over him. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, I, th- I feel like that's where this team misses a guy like Andrew Shaw. Uh, we talked about that since Drake Kajula's come into the fold here. Um, not afraid to get down there, get into the dirty areas, and, and, and take a beating and make play. Um, I, I really would have loved, like you said, to see uh, Kubelik get number 30. But I would be... Very happy if we can get Drake Azula into double digits, and this one helped him there. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm with you. So um, this thing went to a shootout. Uh, you know, regulation wasn't enough. Overtime wasn't enough. Uh, this thing went to a shootout. So last few notes on uh, the actual uh, game action before the uh, skills competition that ensued to decide this game. Um, just the Blackhawks power play after being uh, on a little bit of a hot stretch and scoring in a couple you know, consecutive games uh, went 0 for 3, as did the uh, Panthers. So I guess that's good to neutralize. Uh, nice to see the penalty kill get three done there, uh, especially with some legitimate scoring threats that the Florida Panthers have. Uh, another thing, nice to see Kirby Doc's minutes stay uh, in that nice window there, 1729, uh, obviously being trusted more defensively. Um, with 16-41, I had seen him dip down below that 15 mark, so I was glad uh, that he was up there as well. Uh, I'd still like to see even more uh, as we get down the stretch here, but I understand it because, you know, Duncan Keith's got to play his 27-11 to win a game like that, especially when we're taking an absolute onslaught in the uh, third period uh, in the shots category. Um, uh, one last note, though, on this time on ice here is Alexander Nylander. I oh. believe they'd bumped him up with uh, Patrick Kane, and he's down to 641, uh, sat out a bunch of shifts. Um t- just two give, games, two giveaways. I just wanted to. I'm sorry to cut you off. I wanted to jump in on here. And if you had turned over to me and said, "Do you have any final thoughts on on this game?" It's Nylander. Like six minutes, forty one seconds, time on ice, and you give the puck away twice. Um, that's leading the team in giveaways outside of Kubalik, who was on the on the ice for seventeen minutes. Like you get a whole extra uh, ten minutes there uh, to give the puck away a few times. Uh, what, what's going on with this? Why? Why is he even on the ice if you're only going to play him for six minutes and 40 seconds, Johnny? This doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Yeah, um, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, 
Stan, uh, go back to that reason. A lot of people like to say uh, Stan doesn't, you know, he wants him in. Uh, since he was the one that traded Yoki Haru, a legitimate defensive prospect away for him, which is still dumb. Uh, Patrick Comiskey uh, just recently wrote an article about grading every uh, Stan Bowman trade. Uh, since 2015, so if you want to get a little more depressed on that front, uh, you can go check that out at ontampasportsnet.com. I'm going uh, last... to follow this up. I'm going to follow this up real quick, Johnny. Six minutes and 41 seconds for Alexander Nylander. You've got 11 minutes and 32 seconds for Carlson. Wouldn't you have rather seen maybe 15 minutes of Henry Yukiharyu tonight? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. Uh, definitely with you on that front there. Um, and one last thing when we're talking about giveaways here. What the hell? Only Mata. What's his deal lately, man? Uh, the guy, it's like the puck's like a hot potato when it comes to him. Um, some of his decision making, I don't understand. Um, it just, you know, sure, sometimes he'll lay out and have a nice block or play some minutes on the penalty kill. Um, he definitely does that. But. Man, uh, sometimes he is just rough with the puck, so uh, tough to watch uh, uh, that happen with Olimad. I knew we knew the legs weren't, you know, that, that was a big thing coming over from Pittsburgh. We, we knew the speed wasn't there, so that was expected. But um, just from watching him in his early days in Pittsburgh, it looked like the hands were much better. So I don't know what the hell uh, happened there. He's definitely got to work on that um, over the off season. So uh, just something to watch there. That was the end of uh, all the, like I said, the actual game action. Let's get into the skills competition. That was Crow stands tall. No goals allowed in the shootout. Uh, stops on uh, Vitrano and Hoffman in the shootout for Crow. Um, Johnny Taves and Patrick Kane both going five full Tony. Things of beauty. I, I know I said it earlier this season that uh, maybe Johnny Taves shouldn't be, you know, out there first on the shootout. I've completely retract that statement at this point in time. First um, player in NHL history to record 50 shootout goals. Yes. Like, that's amazing. Um, I don't know why I, I had that in my mind earlier this year. I think it was just uh, some relevancy bias uh, from watching a few different shootouts. Um, just amazing stuff from him getting the job done in the skills competition, like you said. And then I think, again, um, this isn't the first time we've seen it this season. After Taze does something amazing in the shootout, you go to Patrick Kane and you just, like, <laughs> It's mesmerizing. It's, it is. It's, 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 like, there's no words. There's no words for what this guy can do. Um, I think you just tweeted out with the yeah, video. Just sex. Like, I, I, I'm with you. That's I, a, I don't even know anything else to say for this. It's just, oh, man, we talked about it on Blackhawks on tap a few nights ago, reasons to watch this team. Um, and right here, this is it. This is it. This proves the point. It, it hammers it home. The things that these guys can do with the puck are special. They are phenomenal players. When I'm talking about Kane and Taves here, um, Patrick Kane, especially, just it's pure filth it's it's pure utter filth what this guy can do with the puck the hands are the hands are so quick man you couldn't even see the release on the shot when you're watching the video in real time no Uh, you you have to slow it down in order to realize the brilliance and just the nastiness that that he has on the release uh, just picking his spot and and being able to beat a goalie the way that patrick kane does on the breakaway, on the in a shootout situation. I mean, if if you had to put your life on the line and pick a player in the NHL and say you need to score a goal, 
You're picking Patrick Kane 100 fucking percent of the time. Yep. This is exactly the reason why. And this is just, oh, it's hockey porn, man. Yep. No, I was going to say, uh, still a lot of words for it. That's a good term for it. Uh, whatever it is, though, whatever you want to call it. I said sex on the uh, uh, Forefathers Pod Twitter account when I tweeted the gif of it. Of course, it had to be slowed down so you could actually see what happened. Um, it's NSFW, not safe for work. Uh, I think that's one of the best ways to describe it and Patrick Kane's game in general. So uh, Tony, that does it um, for that game. Uh, like I said, three, two winner over the Florida Panthers uh, on leap day, the 29th of February. So um Let's get into, we had prefaced this a little bit, and the event that I was at last night, Tony, unfortunately you had prior commitments, we're not able to attend this one. Um, Hopefully there's something like it uh, in the future because uh, I highly recommend any Blackhawks fan goes um, and does something like this. So I'll give a little background first and then tell you about my experience at it. What it was, um, I had mentioned a little bit earlier uh, in the intro to this episode, Calvin DeHaan owns that brewery uh, up in Canada. you're right near Ottawa, I believe. Um, Carp, Ontario. Uh, I want to say that is the town of it. So it's called Ridge Rock Brewing Co. And he did a collaboration. That brewing company did a collaboration with Goose Island. And the Goose Island Tap Room is literally maybe like three, four blocks north of the UC. So perfect placement for this. Um, so he did a collaboration beer. They call it Loud Barn Lager. And if you want to hear the explanation for it, um, Calvin did a video. It's on the Blackhawks Twitter. I'm also going to put out a beer review article tomorrow um, regarding this. So make sure you check on tapsportsnet.com for that. But Loud Barn, uh, the reasoning behind that was, you know, all the sellouts that the UC has had, um, how loud it gets during the anthem. Um, so that's what Calvin decided to call it. And I think it's a very fitting name. The tap handle is really cool. I have a picture of that that I will post uh, in that beer review article. Um, and it, it was a big event for the release of this thing. Uh, it was great because they had, you know, the Blackhawks DJ there. They had Gene Honda there kind of being the master of ceremonies. Um, they had, uh, the NBC sports Chicago crew was out, uh, you know, taking videos and they're probably going to do a feature piece on it and all that. But, um, it was free public, uh, open to the, uh, public. Anyone could come. There were some people in there that were, uh, didn't probably didn't even realize this thing was going on. Uh, but then they see all the crowd around and, you know, they're interested in what's going on. So um, in the the bottom line on this, um, all the proceeds, it's on tap through all of March. Started, you know, yesterday, Saturday, the 29th of February. Runs all through March at that Goose Island tap room. If you're at a Hawks game, like I said, it's just a couple blocks north. I recommend going and checking it out, uh, giving it a taste. But all the proceeds from it uh, that they sell from Loud Barn Lager will go to the Blackhawks Foundation. So uh, for a good cause and uh, Beautiful. Crack, some beers. crack some beers crafted uh, in Calvin DeHaan's vision, uh, along with Goose Island, obviously, uh, Chicago uh, Beer Company. So um, that was the premise of the event. Um, I got up there. It started at 430. You know, the puck drop was at five for the game. Um, so I, I went up, Tony and uh, my buddy Sean uh, from home, uh, grew up with him, went to high school with him, went to college with him. Um, he's a big Blackhawks fan as well. And uh, we got up there about 4.30, um, maybe a little bit before, because they were doing the tap, the first tap at 4.30. Uh, so I ordered myself a green line uh, to get the juices flowing um, first. And then as I'm finishing up my green line, walking back over towards the bar, getting close to 4.30 there, um, I see Calvin. Calvin comes up from the uh, opposite side of the bar, kind of where they have their merch stand, um, because they were getting ready to actually put this new, brand new tap handle on. Um, so I was starstruck. Man, you, you, we love Calvin DeHaan here at Four Feathers Pod. We've all got the matching shirts that uh, panelist Ron Luce got for us. Um, I, was wear, I was wearing my Carpy jersey, so I wanted to wear a jersey, but I was wearing the DeHaan shirt uh, underneath tone. So uh, I met him. Uh, he's such a cool guy. Uh, you know, 
he's the hockey players are so down to earth. Uh, it's awesome. Um, he just, you know, stand there standing around asking us how we like the beer and all that. So, uh, I was able to take a picture with him. Then I ordered the, uh, ordered the brew and then he kind of, uh, went around and did his, uh, ceremony things for the actual, you know, the NBC sports Chicago wanted to get a video of the changing of the tap handle, all that good stuff. So we just kind of stood off to the side. We're waiting for the game to start. Uh, Blackhawks DJs pumping tunes. Um, Gene Honda kind of given the lowdown of what's going on. Um, for everyone, it was pretty chill. Um, just waiting for the game to come on. Uh, game comes on, and, and I'm standing over there uh, along a sidebar in front of one of the TVs they have set up. And who am I standing right next to the whole game? Calvin Hans' parents. Um, it was awesome. I got to meet them, talk to them for a while. Um, you know, uh, got some background on Calvin a little bit about his time with the Islanders and the uh Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, I won't share too much on that right now because I don't know if Mrs. DeHaan would uh, want that to be public information, but um, if you DM me on Twitter, I could probably, uh, you know, hit you up with some of that. Uh, But anyway, it was really cool meeting them. Uh, And about maybe five, ten minutes into the game, uh, who shows up? Andrew Shaw, Zach Smith, Brent Seabrook, all stroll in with their wives or girlfriends. Um, and they go over to the side of the bar. Calvin brings them some beers and they're just standing over kind of by the merch uh, thing, talking in their own like corner. Uh, so I didn't want to be like, you know, like rude and like bother or whatever. But eventually throughout the game, they started coming out and mingling with the crowd. Um, I got to take pictures with all of those guys. Uh, they were super cool. Uh, Shawzy uh, wanted to do a bunch of different poses for cracking jokes. I told him headbutt goals forever and he mimicked the. Like he, you know, like he did against the Ducks in 2015. Uh, that was disallowed, obviously. Um, Siebs told, you know, I uh, told him you can't wait to see him back on the ice. Everyone does, and he's, you know, uh, he, he was, you know, appreciative of that. Um, he gave me a fist bump, and then you know, proceeded to go order another beer, another loud, loud bar and lager. Uh, and then those guys, like I said, were just mingling, uh, and it was really cool during the game. When a penalty would come up, you know, Gene Honda would get on the mic, say, you know, and that results in a Blackhawks power play. And they had the DJ there, so he did the echo effect. Uh, and then he played Come On by Tiesto and Diplo, the other power play song. Um, you know, J- uh, Gene Honda would announce the goal, you know, Blackhawks goal scored by number 91, Drake Kajula. Uh, and they got the full uh, experience going. Before the game, they had uh, their regular intro videos that they have at the UC. They were playing that and had them through the speakers that the DJ had there. Tony, it, it was awesome, and you absolutely missed out. Um, it, it was just super cool. That's awesome, Johnny. Now, the, the next question I have for you, or the, I should say the first question I have for you is, if if we're sitting there drinking beers, can we keep up with Andrew Shaw, Calvin DeHaan, and Brent Seabrook? Would they be able to crack him with the ONTAP crew? Andrew Shaw and Brent Seabrook would drink us under the table. Calvin DeHaan is probably right at our pace. Okay. We could probably outpace Zach Smith a little bit. Um just based on, I don't know what other you know obligations they had if Smitty was taking it easy or whatever, but Seabsy and Shawzy were getting after it, um, and Calvin was too. But you know he had to you know kind of keep level to you know do his different announcements and raffles and all of this stuff um, that, that he had uh, obligations. But then afterward, um, Tony was really cool. Uh, one thing, a couple things I didn't mention. Um, Calvin DeHaan is also a DJ. His mom told me that, and then uh, he did a thirty-minute set. Right after the Blackhawks won, uh, the regular Blackhawks DJ played Chelsea Dagger with the goal horn. That was all awesome. Everybody's celebrating, having some beers. And Kelvin DeHaan jumps behind the decks, and he's spinning for 30 minutes, and it was awesome. Uh, a lot of good house music. You know, I am a huge EDM and house music fan, so uh, I thought that was really cool and a shared interest that Kelvin DeHaan and I have. 
Well, I'm I'm glad you got to experience this, uh, man. Like I'm I'm trying to live vicariously through your experience. Uh, obviously, I had some prior obligations last night that also involved drinking, um, but uh, definitely sounds like it was an excellent night. I, I can't wait to get my hands on some uh, uh, loud barn lager from Calvin yeah. Hine. Hopefully, hopefully we can get him on the show and talk a little bit more about beer and yes. hockey, and so that's what we're all about, man. Right here yeah. at OnTapSportsNet.com, OnTapSportsNet Four Feathers. Um, and, and just everything is, is beer and sports and especially Blackhawks hockey and Kelvin DeHaan kind of lives that at least from what from what we've seen uh, on Twitter, social media and just through uh, what he does. I mean, he brews some 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 excellent beer from what I've heard. Yeah. Um, and, and you'll have a review up of the yes. of the Loud Barn Lager. Uh, on ontapsportsnet.com tasty, tomorrow. It's tasty. It, goes down, it goes down smooth. That, that's that was my next question is uh, if, if you want to give a little preview to this. Um, tell me about the beer. I, I want to know about the mm-hmm. beer. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Tony. Uh, it smells a little bit like weed uh, when you first uh, you get get a whiff of it. Uh, it really does. Uh, a little bit of the hops that are so in there. So some hoppy there. Uh, it's, it's yeah, a, l- a little bit of hoppiness. Uh, it is a 5.2% uh, alcohol by volume. Um, you know, nice, you know, you usually drink Budweiser, so that's just slightly over your regular 5%. Uh, I told you it was a little bit of a step up for me. I'm more of your regular domestic light beer. Um, Bush light usually being my go-to. Uh, that sits at 42 so uh, another percent higher, but um, definitely still easy to put down. And um, after you, I'll include more details on this in the uh, review that I'm going to post on the website. But um, like I said, uh, that initial smell, the the only thing I could think of, uh, a little bit of marijuana. That's what it smells like. Um, And then after that, though, you take the first sip and you get a little bit of like the slightest like bite. And you're kind of feeling it out and it's a little bit dry going down at first. But by the time you take that third sip, Tony, it is like water it is I mean, it's still like tasty and full like i said it's got very full it's a little bit the tiniest slightest little bit of a bite but it's nothing like a uh super heavy ipa and you know obviously this is a lager a loud barn lager um and then it ends up going down smooth and by the time you're uh three quarters of the way through it uh you're like well i could have like 17 more of these so as an ipa and lager guy myself like my my go-to is budweiser but I'm very familiar with all of uh, the IPA family. Um, I'm, I'm big into those as well. Um, this seems like it's right in my wheelhouse. Um, and then you throw a name like uh, Loud Barn Lager, and I'm sure uh, if this thing was canned, it'd have uh, the old Chicago Stadium in it, like on the can. Like that's that's exactly what I'm envisioning. If if we can this beer, um, we're talking about. Um, you know, just center ice, the anthem being played, and Loud Barn Lager right there. And I can't think of a better beer to enjoy a hockey game with. And I haven't even tasted this thing. So yeah. I'm I'm extremely excited to uh, go and, and, and get my hands on some of this. I'm going to have to make it up to uh, – you said it's, it's it's available at the UC? No, it, only at the Goose Island Tap Room. Only at the Goose Island Tap Room. But that is right uh, by the UC. That's right by the UC. So I'm going to have to make it there. And get my hands on some yeah. of this stuff, Tony. I think um, we need a four feathers outing before the season's over, and then we can I head up we either before or after a game. Head up to the Goose Island Tap Room, uh, enjoy a little bit of loud barn lager. Oh, this sounds this sounds like a trip right there. I think it's already been booked. Uh, yeah, we'll just have to set a date and we'll we'll head up there. Um, I'm excited for your beer review, um, but I've got I've got another question for you here. Um, what was it like 
bringing you know, just watching this game with some members of the Hawks. What were the reactions of some of these guys uh, during play? Any any memorable like just facial expressions, um, shouts, screams, just take backs from from how they were yeah. reacting watching the Hawks so- playing. So uh, obviously they had uh, at various points uh, they were signing a few autographs. So there were at some points of the game where they could not be fully attentive. Um, just you know, obviously an event like that being public appearances, they're going to have that. So, um, but when they were, um, I would say Seebs is calm, cool, collected. He cares, you know, he could tell, uh, but he doesn't give much in terms of reaction. Uh, obviously, I think that's very fitting for him since he's Mister Overtime. Uh, ice in his veins, um, kind of, you know, doesn't let much. Um, you know, really get under his skin too much. Uh, Shawzi is Shawzi's personality, man. He's excited when something goes well. Uh, and they weren't, you know, like slamming shit like we do uh, or whatever. But you could see the kind of the head drop uh, when the Panthers score that goal in the uh, third period um, to tie that thing up uh, from both Shawzi and Zach Smith. Um, Zach Smith loves film. Um, he and, you know, Seeds and Shaw kind of crowded around it, but it's great. I got a good picture of Zach Smith. He, you know, they're all uh, standing there drinking their beers, but there is a big monitor uh, with the TV screen, but there's a table right in front of it. So Smitty wanted to get up real close and see what happened on the play. <laughs> and he, he like leans in and sh- Seabrook and Shaw, it's a little smaller monitor that's like right there, but he, he could walk right up to it. He's got his beer and he's like really like peering into it. Uh, so it's a Smitty loves his film. Um, Shawzi's, like I said, energetic. Uh, and Calvin was kind of walking around. He wasn't in their vicinity too much. But I, uh, when, when I uh, Kaner scored the shootout goal, uh, Calvin was pumped uh, through the hands up in the air. Um, as Chelsea Dagger started blasting from the DJ. So um, kind of what you'd expect from the personalities, I'd say. Awesome. I, I, I wish I was there, Johnny. I wish I had the uh, the opportunity to come uh, share that experience with you. Obviously, like I said earlier, uh, had some prior obligations uh, on the night. And, uh, uh, man, I wish that they would do some stuff like this more often, just not only in – in the Hawks realm, but just in sports yeah. in general, yeah, um, no, I'm with you, you know, it, it sucks kind of at the fact that you're talking about Brent Seabrook, Andrew Shaw, Calvin DeHaan, Zach Smith. Um, you're talking about two off season acquisitions, three off season acquisitions right there who uh, didn't really pan out in the terms of health for the Blackhawks. Uh, and then one long-term staple and without them being, uh, injured and having season-ending injuries, you wouldn't have been able to have this experience, which is, I think it's awesome. At the same point in time, I think, Johnny, you would have probably traded that experience for all four of those guys being on the ice yes. and Hawks in a playoff position uh, right now. But um, cool nonetheless. I, I, I really liked what they did here, um, and I think that that can't be understated enough. Um, I think for just fans in general, that's something that's really awesome, and you don't really ever get the opportunity to do something like this. That's why I think it was so awesome. Um, and if you did have the opportunity to go out and do this uh, last night, um, I, I just think it's so cool. Like, you don't hear yeah. about this type of thing often. Yeah, it, it was really cool, and it was, you know, definitely a rare event. And it's also, you know, interesting because it just happens to be that Calvin DeHaan acquired, you know, he's had it for a while, but he owns that brewery. Uh, I don't know too many other uh, players that actually do, um, you know, uh, own breweries. So um, definitely glad we have one on the Hawks here, Tone, because obviously it led to an event like this. Um, just I, I've got a few more points here and then a couple of stories. Um, 
for the promotion of this. The Blackhawks, how I found out about it was on the Blackhawks Instagram story. And this was probably about two days prior um, to the event uh, when they finally uh, posted this. I'm sure if you went to the actual website, there was probably something on it for Blackhawks, you know, foundation related news. Um, but when for them actually promoting it, obviously in this day and age, a lot of news comes through social media. That's how we like to get a bunch of ours. How we like to put out ours, Tony. Um, it first came on Instagram, and then not until just the day before, uh, they posted a thread of tweets uh, kind of giving more info on it. Uh, the Blackhawks official, this is. Um, but when I saw it on Instagram, I took a couple screenshots of the story uh, because I thought it was a really cool event. And humble brag here for Four Feathers Podcast, we promoted it, and Calvin DeHaan retweeted it before the Blackhawks even had their original post up on Twitter. So I don't, I'm not on Facebook, so I don't know how the promotion was there. But then again, there are concerns for them. If they go and promote the hell out of this thing, uh, you're going to have disappointed people because that place could probably only hold, I would say, up to around 300 uh, if you're really packing people in there. Um, and there was definitely, I would say, at the beginning between 150 to 175 at the height of things, slightly over two. And then towards the end, uh, it kind of you know filtered back down to that around 150 crowd. So it was a nice, comfortable space. But like I said, it was a public event, so that may be a reason they didn't promote it as far ahead of time and as heavily as they do some other stuff. Um, just thought that was interesting though, but uh, that's what you can expect from four feathers pod. You follow us, you get uh, news on stuff like that as soon as we find out about it too. So um, just kind of a, you know, <laughs> humble brag for us there uh, on our front. A um, couple of stories from this thing though, Tony, there was a raffle starting in the second period. They were going around taking names. All you had to do was free to enter. All you had to do was just write down your name on a sheet of paper. Uh, they put them in a hat, and then at the intermissions and at the end of the game, Kelvin DeHaan would come up and draw uh, names. They had a bunch of women's T-shirts because they wanted to get the ladies some uh, Ridge Rock Brewing Company beer. And then they had hats, uh, Kelvin DeHaan hats, signed by all four members that were in attendance, Zach Smith, uh, Andrew Shaw, Brent Seabrook, and Kelvin himself. And guess who won one of those hats, Tony? You're looking at it right now. You right there. How jealous are you? Oh, I'm super jealous. I mean, Isn't that cool logo too. I'll post a picture on Twitter for it. I, I, I actually love did. that. I, I love that logo. Um, I, I want Ridge Rock to be a Chicago brand. Like, I, I just, I, I really want some, make some magic happen, Calvin. Like, get your beers out here in Chicago. I think that they'd sell very well. Yeah, uh, it was cool. Uh, then uh, another another uh, thing that I thought was cool, uh, Kelvin DeHaan was up, like I said, after the game, did a little 30-minute uh, DJ set um, to kind of get the party going uh, afterwards. And uh, Andrew Shaw came up, and, of course, Shawzy's personality, um, you know, uh, gets gets the, grabs the mic from Kelvin, and he says, he's like, all right, he's like, everybody who's up at the bar right now, he's like, throw a beer on from me. Um, so that, that was great. Uh, just a good guy, Andrew Shaw, uh, and his fun loving, uh, you know, wife of the party personality, uh, showing through there. Um, a couple other, uh, stories from that. Um, like I said, I was talking to Calvin DeHaan, uh, his parents, uh, his mom and dad and his mom, uh, really, really cool. Um, like I said, gave me a little bit of background on, you know, Calvin himself and you know how he was growing up and how they take in games. Cause you know, they're Canadian, uh, they live up there. Um, so, you know, how they take in games and, you know, wh- what their reaction was when they saw Calvin go down, obviously, uh, second consecutive season with the shoulder, uh, injury. So, um, it was just interesting to hear from their perspective. Uh, but she, she was a funny lady. Uh, I had this, I was, like I said, I was leaning over on the side, side wall where they just have kind of like that ledge, um, yeah, just for your drinks there. Uh, and I had my hat on there, the hat that I had won at the second intermission and, um, 
Mrs. Don loved to steal it. She would steal it on me whenever I was like looking up at the game or whatever. She'd sneak sneak her hand in and then steal it from me, and then she'd put it on and wait to see how long it took until I noticed. So that was just pretty hilarious. Um, just good people, good people in general. Um, and then other than that, um, Zach Smith, a little bit more of a quiet personality type, but kind as can be. Um, they had no problem with me. Felt like a little fangirl walking up, asking if I could take a picture with him uh, as him and Shawzy were sitting there having a conversation as the third period was going on. But uh, they were more than courteous. Uh, and I, you know, just thankful that I got to, you know, meet them and uh, that they showed up to support their teammates. So uh, I just thought it was a really cool thing overall. So um, uh, those are my stories from the Loud Barn Lager beer release. Sounds like it was an excellent time, Johnny. I uh, just kind of express my regret again one more time. I uh, wish I was able to attend that. I think uh, just I, I would probably fangirl out just as much as you would uh, just meeting Shazi uh, and Seebs especially. Uh, members of the Stanley Cup team. I know we've uh, been able to talk to uh, Dave Boland uh, before on this podcast and Brent Sopel, um, both other members of uh, cup-winning teams, James Wisniewski as well. Um, but meeting them in person, uh, not just over the phone, um, totally different level. Uh, I know we, we did meet Brent uh, in person as well. Uh, but uh, still, I mean, it's, it's definitely something to meet your heroes um, and, and all those guys. Um, even though they're around our age, man, um, you know, they're, they're warriors and they've, they've been to the top. Um, so it's, it's definitely cool to see them. I think it's awesome that they showed up for their teammate. Like you just said, um, all these guys are, are injured, have gone through surgeries recently, um, or, or just battling different things and to see them go out there and, and have a good night, uh, with their teammates and the fans and everything like that. I think that's like, just, it, that's just so special. You know, like, like, yeah, we just kind if of there's, touched on, there's one yeah. thing the Blackhawks organization does, right. It's put together stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that, uh, that, that can't be said enough, Johnny. Um, I love, I love that this event took place. Um, I think that that would be a, uh, a highlight for, for most Hawks fans, uh, just to, just to be able to go out there and, and take a game in with some of these guys. Like that's, yep. that's something that you don't get very often. Um, like I said earlier, I wish I wish more teams would do stuff like this. Um, it's kind of bittersweet, like we kind of mentioned a, a minute ago. With uh, you know, you you probably rather see them on the ice and watch them play, but uh, nonetheless, I mean, this was this was awesome. So yeah, um, I'm glad you got the opportunity to go do this. And uh, I mean, hell, uh, it's uh, awesome that you even just got to go out there and, and uh, drink drink some Calvin Dehan brewed beer. I think yeah. that's cool too. Yeah. Um, so just a couple other notes. Um, it, it was six dollars was the cost for it um, when you when you got the draft. Um, just general information about it. But then um, it, it was obviously all great for all, all those aforementioned reasons that I listed. And overall, great event. But if there was, I'll give both sides of it. If there was uh, one negative. It was that uh, the Goose Island Tap Room uh, does not have cable, so they were playing a stream of it on um, NBC Sports Chicago, and it was cutting out at some points throughout the game, at least in the second period and early on in the third. Luckily, it didn't during the shootout or anything, but uh, if there's one thing they need to fix going forward, that would be it. That's my one negative about the whole thing, but overall, can't complain. Uh, you know, <laughs> in that time, I'm talking to Mrs. Dahan when the game's, you know, lagging, you know, the stream's lagging, but um, last thing, uh, Gene Honda, like I said, I met him uh, wearing a Stanley Cup ring. He was really nice, took a picture with me. Um, 
he is a lively personality. He is a great guy. Um, you know, he loves to have some beers. Um, and you know, guys, he's the White Sox public address announcer too. Uh, I, when I put up the picture of him, we had a couple people in their replies that said, "Oh yeah, you know, I met him at Sox Fest however many years ago. Great guy. Had a you know beer or two with him um, after all the ceremonies got over and all that." And same deal. Uh, one thing that he told me though, Tony, it was great. He said, "He's joking." But he goes. Well, I'm just here for the free beer. Uh, when I first got up and talked to him, I was like, you're my kind of guy, Gene. <laughs> I love Gene Honda. Um, I, 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 then, if I knew Gene yeah. Honda was going to be there, uh, I would have asked you to uh, to get a little recording. Like, you know, oh, uh, I guess, welcome to the so, Four Feathers podcast. I, um, so now that you say that, it was funny because my buddy that I was with, uh, we were both University of Illinois uh, alumnus, and uh, Gene Honda is as well. And he, Gene, we talked to him a little bit about because he does public address for Illinois football. We know he's a big fan of all these sports teams there. And uh, Illinois had a big game this morning or this afternoon against Indiana. So he was asking me just, you know, double checking what time it was and all that. Um, said, you know, he's excited about this year's Illinois basketball team. Um, and, and so we got a video uh, to get us pumped up for it. Uh, me and my buddies, we, we had Gene say ILL and we said INI. So I did get a recording of him in that regard. Um but yeah, no, 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 thinking about it, I probably should have done something for Fort Feathers, but oh well. A um, couple beers. We'll, and it kind of kind of kind of made thought get lost in transition. We're we're gonna we're gonna find a way to get Gene Honda to do our introductions for our, our Sox and, and Hawks podcasts. I think yeah. that's a, that's a personal goal. Yeah, uh, I have personally. What uh, one last thing on Gene Honda here, and then I swear I'm done. Uh he uh we were talking a little bit because I love Illinois football. I actually like it better than basketball. Been going to games since I was like eight years old down there. Um, but he, you know, he's a public address announcer for football. And he another hilarious quote that Gene had. Like I said, he's such a funny guy. Um I was talking to just asking him about football and whatnot. And he had said, uh Ill, first of all, background on this, Illinois football's uh, playing a game in Ireland at the beginning of the 2021 season. So not this upcoming football season, but 2021, the first game of the year, they'll play Nebraska over in Ireland. And Gene said, he's like, I think this is all a ploy from the Illinois athletic department to get me to behave for one more year. He says, because what I wouldn't do for some Irish whiskey. <laughs> Gene Honda. In, in his deep that voice saying that. Yes. That's Fantastic. That's yeah. fantastic stuff. And if you're a Hawks fan, a Sox fan, you know who Gene Honda is. That voice is just iconic, man. I just, I, I love it. Um, nothing gets you more pumped up in Chicago sports than hearing Gene Honda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted to give uh, one last shout out uh, if I'm about this event. I don't know if he would even listen to this podcast or whatever, but we did follow him on Twitter today and you retweeted our uh, one with the uh, celebration that was going on after one of the goals. Uh, Cause you know, they played Chelsea dagger, the uh, Blackhawks DJ uh, that was there. He does, you know, a lot of like in arena stuff and he's uh, you know, events that they have, like when they have an event in the atrium that requires a DJ, he's always the one to do it. Um, let me pull up his Twitter account and see what his name was. Um, one second here, but he, he was a cool guy. I, I regret not actually talking to him uh, directly there, but like I said, hopefully we can get in touch with him. Cause I think he would be a cool guest to have on the podcast too. Uh, DJ Cabrera. Uh, 
Um, that, that was his name. Uh, great, great job holding that thing down. Uh, great song selection as always. No, all the fitting stuff, you know, stranglehold right before the game. Um, Chelsea Dagger, obviously, after goals. But it, right right as soon as a uh, period would end, he would cut and just have his, you know, an 18-minute set because that's how long intermissions are. Uh, and he cued that stuff up perfectly. Great transitions. Um, it, it was awesome. Um, I always appreciate a good DJ. So DJ Cabrera, uh, if you listen, man, shout out to you. Love it, Johnny. Anything else you've got before we wrap this one up? Um, nope, that, that's about it from the event. Like I said, uh, probably, if, first of all, uh, there was a bunch of pictures and videos of obviously me with the players, but then, you know, video of kind of that goal celebration like I was talking about. Um, the pictures of Shawzi, my personal is at Nani Johnny. They're up there. Um, and then on our Twitter account, at Four Feathers Pod. And then if you are a listener, uh, we're also trying to build up our Instagram following. Uh, we've had the account for a while, but haven't really promoted it all that much on the show. Go and follow us because those pictures are up there as well at Four Feathers Pod on Instagram. So uh, you can go and see more content from that. And then I be on the lookout for my beer review. Uh, it's coming on Loud Barn Lager. Um, that should be up on the site tomorrow on Monday. So um, on tapsportsnet.com for that. So that's it, Tone. Um, uh, let's get into this next Blackhawks game. Uh, Tuesday night, they're back home after a, a month of only having three home games um, in February. Uh, now we start a really heavy home stretch, uh, and the Anaheim Ducks come to town on Tuesday night to kick it off. If there's a winnable game on the schedule, it's the Anaheim Ducks, Johnny. Um, we talked about this five game win streak. Uh, I think that, uh, we can continue this right here against the ducks. Uh, just go get the job done, play the way you've played the last two. And I think you'll have no problem. Uh, we talked about weathering the storm. Uh, we've seen, uh, in, in the game prior, some, some power play action, uh, where the Hawks power plays actually getting things done. Um, I think you've got the recipe for success right there. Uh, just make things happen on special teams, uh, play a solid five on five like they have been for the past two. And uh, you'll probably see Corey Crawford in that again. Let, let's go get this one done. I, I think this one's an, an easy win for the Hawks. Don't play down to your opponent. If, if I'm going to go into any sort of uh, cautionary tales or um, what not to do, it's play down to your opponent or take them for granted. Go out there have the same mentality that you had against a team like Tampa, and you'll be able to excel in this game. We're talking about a three-game win streak right there. Go Hawks. Yeah, uh, Tony, well put there. Um, just some recent trends on Florida here. Or excuse me, on, I'm looking at you know last night's game still. Uh, but uh, anyway, the recent trends on Anaheim here. Uh, they'd had a tough stretch of schedule from the 17th of February through the uh, 23rd of February in which they went on a four-game losing streak, uh, falling to the Calgary Flames, Florida Panthers, Colorado Avalanche, um, and the Vegas Golden Knights in a barn burner. Uh, most recently, though, winning against a couple good teams, uh, the Edmonton Oilers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, 4-3 overtime win over Edmonton on Tuesday. Um, Friday night, they defeated Pittsburgh uh, 3-2. to um, Both of those, uh, actually all those games home, uh, minus that first Calgary one uh, of that losing streak there. So um, up and down for them. Uh, I just checked in right now as we're recording this on Sunday night at 8.30 p.m. Uh, the Devils are leading the Ducks right now. Ducks are in action tonight. Uh, Devils are leading them, uh, the lowly Devils. Uh, two to nothing, though, is a score right now, uh, getting down the wire in the second period there. So, um, you know, uh, like I said, up and down for the Ducks as of late. Um, hopefully the hopefully the um, uh, 
they continue a losing streak than uh, the, the Ducks do when they come into the United Center because uh, down 2-0 to the Devils. That's not great, Bob. So um, probably, like I said, to say this all the time, probably going to get a pissed off team. Uh, but again, they, they were sellers at the deadline. Uh, trade Andre Kasha to the Boston Bruins. Um, uh, they are down in the dumps, uh, second to last in the Western Conference. So very winnable game, like you had said. Need to go out and get the job done. Um, just uh, from the Ducks personnel standpoint, uh, Ryan Getzlaff, uh, longtime Duck, is their leading scorer. Uh, 13 goals, 27 assists, 40 points on the season. Adam Henrique, uh, 24 goals, 15 assists, 39 points. And Ricard Raquel, uh, 30, 13 goals, um, 22 assists, good for 35 points. Those are their uh, top three scores, and Silverberg right behind them with 34 points. So uh, like the Tampa Bay Lightning really tried to key in on Patrick Kane on Thursday night, Tony, key in on those guys uh, when, when they're on the ice. And you can, you know, uh, you could easily shut this team down. And I would love to see another shutout from Corey Crawford. I believe we've only had one all year. Man, if there's going to be something, look out for that moment. Um, let's see if Corey Crawford can get a shutout here. I know it's hard when we allow a million scoring chances a game, but... I'd like to see it happen, and I think it'd be good for Crow. Yeah. Because you don't know how much longer we're going to have him after this. Yeah, I'd like to see another Crow uh, shut out there. Um, It's probably going to be his best opportunity to do so. Um, You just look at the the Ducks, and and you kind of put the math together there. It's a good opportunity for it to happen. I'm not expecting it to, though, Johnny. I I still think they get on the board once or twice. Uh, most likely, I'm just saying I would like to see it. So um, speak about, it into existence. Yeah, speak it into existence. All right. Uh, th- that's it for our breakdown on that game. Tony, who's getting it done? Sick to click for Tuesday night. Dominic Kubelik, man, you have to get that 30. It's coming. You saw the Drake Kajula goal uh, or the Dominic Kubelik goal go to Drake Kajula. You're going to see it right here against the Ducks. I think he gets 30, maybe 31 on the night. Two goals for Kubelik. Love it. Uh, I would love to see it. I will be in attendance, so uh, I hope that's the case, and I will be tweeting Kubelik for Calder all night long. Um, for me, it's uh, been a while. Uh, been too long since I've had it. my guy, Ryan Carpenter, as a stick to click. Um, it's time uh, time for him to get back on the score sheet here. So, uh, Getting Carpe back Deuce. on brand. Getting Carpe back Deuce. on brand. Yep. Yep, staying on brand's cool and tough, Tony. We discussed this on Socks on Tap. So, yes, we did. Um, that uh, that uh, is mine, Ryan Carpenter. So that'll do it. Like I said, that game is Tuesday night, uh, 7.30 p.m. I believe it's on NBC Sports Chicago. So um, you know, tune in and uh, stay tuned for our live content from the UC. Uh, I always post videos, pictures, all that good stuff uh, when I'm up there. So um, th- that does it. Uh, last housekeeping here. Make sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. We have all your teams covered there. Um, Tony and I, like we had mentioned a couple times in this episode, we're doing a Sox episode just before this. So if you want to hear a uh, similar talk, but just in the baseball realm and you're a South Sider, um, that is Sox on Tap. Um, and Cubs, there's a Cubs on tap as well. So if you're a North Sider, uh, go and check that out. Uh, Bulls, you know, it's tough, but if you're still following along with them, our guy Buzz does a great job and he powers through uh, with Keith, the Bulls scripted over there. So um, plenty of coverage, Bears offseason stuff rolling through. Uh, we've got it all covered. Uh, last thing other than that, if you enjoy Four Feathers Podcast, um, please go rate, subscribe, review um, on Apple Podcasts. 
Google Podcasts, wherever uh, you, you can leave a uh, you know a little bit of a write up uh, if you enjoy it. Uh, we'd really appreciate that, and that helps us out for further exposure. So, um, other than that, follow us on Twitter at Four Feathers Pod and at OnTap Sportsnet. Um, we're also on Instagram uh, at Four Feathers Pod and at OnTap Sportsnet. So there you go, e- easy on that front. Uh, Tony, final thought. I don't have any final thoughts uh, outside of the fact that I want to see that five-game win streak before they let me down one last time. So uh, let's go, Hawks. One last roller coaster ride. I'm about it, Tony. Let's go, Hawks. <laughs> <laughs>